Please pray with me. God of grace, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. If you have been Methodist for a long time, and if you have participated in classes about Methodism or about Methodist founder John Wesley, then the phrase, means of grace, might roll off your tongue as if it's your native language. But if you haven't been so steeped in Methodism, the phrase, means of grace, may sound foreign to you. It may even just not make sense to you. And even if you're just thinking about that as a turn of phrase, means of grace, the thought that it doesn't make sense is good theological thinking, too. Though I can tell you why, ultimately, I think it does make sense to imagine that there are means of grace. Methodist founder John Wesley talked about the means of grace as practices believers can use to open their hearts and lives to God's work in their hearts and lives, in our hearts and lives. Wesley divided the means of grace into two categories, acts of piety and acts of mercy. Acts of piety include the things that are most traditionally thought of as spiritual disciplines or spiritual practices, like prayer and worship and study of scripture. Acts of mercy include what we today would call service. Wesley's list of acts of mercy included financial giving, acts of service such as visiting the sick or imprisoned, feeding and clothing those in need. And Wesley didn't just talk about this, by the way. He did these things. Wesley also included seeking justice in his acts of mercy, what we might call advocacy. In Wesley's day, an example of that was the fervent Methodist opposition to slavery. Wesley preached against slavery, Methodists worked with abolition movements, and Wesley forbade any Methodist to be a slave owner. Now, whether Methodists in early America were necessarily obedient to Mr. Wesley is another question, but he tried. In his college days, Wesley organized a group to provide support and accountability for their regular practice of the means of grace. And this group ca came to be called the Holy Club. In Wesleyan practice, the practice of the means of grace is sometimes talked about together with the idea of holiness. But the reason this idea of the means of grace is confusing comes from the most basic definition of grace. Christians understand grace to be the gift of God's love, freely and generously given to us, without the need for us to earn or merit this gift. Grace is given to us because it is in God's very nature to love generously and to give generously. This is who God is. This is how God operates. Our understanding of grace is based in Scripture— and this morning's readings are just a couple of mentions of grace we find in Scripture. The writing of John's Gospel affirms the understanding of grace as central to God's nature and grace as a word for God's free gifts. Our passage from John says that all things come into being through God. 
Everything we receive, we receive through God's grace. God is the giver, and we receive. Then in Paul's first letter to the early Corinthian church, we hear that grace is what enables us to be in ministry. Grace enables us to plant or to water, to use the language of the scripture, but we always understand that it is God's grace that creates growth and not our planting or watering. Grace empowers us. Grace is life-giving. And in the picture of God's grace, we have a part to play, our planting or watering. So in a most basic definition of grace, Christians understand grace to be the gift of God's love freely and generously given to us. The very nature of grace means there is no need for us to earn or merit God's gift. Grace is given to us because it is God's nature to love generously and give generously. It's who God is. And like the firefighter who saves the life of an arsonist, just as surely as the firefighter saves the life of a precious child, God pours out God's grace upon us no matter who we are and no matter what we've done. And the means of grace are about what we do. So does it make any sense at all to combine means with grace? Heresy is the word we use for theological ideas that have been on the losing side of major theological debates over the course of history. One heresy is called works righteousness, which is the idea that we can only earn God's favor through our works, through our efforts and actions. In other words, it's the idea that we can earn God's grace. It's an idea that some Christians have believed over time that we are responsible for earning God's love or grace or our own salvation. But this idea of earning God's favor through our efforts has been judged to be a heresy. Now I have to say, I have at times wondered whether Methodists teeter dangerously close to a theology of works righteousness. It's the emphasis on the means of grace that has gotten me thinking that. So let me try to help clarify. The means of grace are never thought to be ways we earn God's grace. God's grace is always there and freely given. But there are ways we live in response to God's grace. If God's grace is a gift, what do we do with what we have received? We cannot merely throw it away. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a German theologian and pastor in the late 1920s through the early 1940s. Many of you know already about Bonhoeffer. His most well-known theological work deals with questions of grace, and he famously spoke of the difference between cheap grace and costly grace. His book is called The Cost of Discipleship. Bonhoeffer has great credibility in talking about the cost of discipleship, For him, the cost was losing his life because he decided that faithful discipleship called him to work to overthrow Hitler, called him to organize a church movement against Hitler, and ultimately called him to join in a plot to assassinate Hitler. Bonhoeffer believed in his heart of hearts that this was the path of faithful discipleship. He was arrested and hanged for his actions. Clearly, He had given much thought to this idea of costly grace and to cheap grace. 
In describing what he calls cheap grace, he describes God's grace as being thrown away, thrown away as if like trash. Stewardship, then, is the opposite of throwing away God's grace. A theology of grace includes understanding that everything we have comes to us from God. All that we have and all that we are come to us as gifts of God's grace. Those words on a head level might not do all that much for us. But when I find myself able to hold in my being the sense of God as the source of all that I have and all that I am, that is when I feel a deep awe at God's relationship to me as giver to receiver. So knowing God as the great giver, what do we do with the gift? Surely we do not throw it away. Instead, as recipients of God's grace, we are moved to practice the means of grace. And stewardship is a means of grace. One dictionary definition of stewardship tells us that stewardship is the management of something, especially the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. Our stewardship study materials go a step further in a way I find helpful. One of the phrases in the study from this past week says that God's gifts are meant to be used responsibly and shared generously. I can't think of a better way to understand stewardship. For everything we have been given, we hope to use it responsibly and share it generously. Whether that is intelligence or skills and abilities or time and money, how can we responsibly use and generously share whatever we have been given? Since grace is central to our understanding of God as the great giver, grace is central to any understanding of Christian stewardship. How can we responsibly use and generously share whatever we have been given? My real-life experience tells me that this is harder to put in practice than it sounds. That is why the traditions of our faith and our Wesleyan method for faith invite us to practice. Spiritual disciplines are like sports or musical instruments. We only grow and learn as we practice. We improve as we practice. Spiritual disciplines, including stewardship, are like our muscles. They grow stronger with exercise. I would say that generosity, too, is like a muscle— it gets stronger as we exercise it. With every means of grace, the potential is for a deepening spirituality. This is why stewardship is a means of grace. Gratitude is a central component of stewardship, and I know that gratitude is an experience of grace for me. In my experience, gratitude helps me feel God's presence and movement in my life. Feeling grateful is an experience of God's presence and activity. The gifts of the Wesleyan movement are our inheritance as Methodists. The call to practice the means of grace is a key part of this inheritance. Both the practice of the means of grace and the understanding that our practices help us better recognize and better feel God's grace. 
May we all practice stewardship and all the means of grace. And may our eyes and hearts be open to really see and feel God's grace in our lives. Amen.